Welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the show, the podcast, the uh, audio uh, uh, format, if you will, where I go through all of Alfred Hitchcock's movies in the order they were released. And I rate, well, I don't rate them so much. I review them, though. I don't assign them a letter grade like some knuckleheads would do on a podcast called Film Soliloquy. I wouldn't do that. I just tell you whether it's good or not and worth your time. So if you're wanting to watch these old Hitchcock movies, you would know. You'd say, hey, Jeff said to go watch Sabotage, that it was good. Or The Lady Vanishes, that it was good. You can watch those. But what about the Jamaican Inn, our movie this week? Or I should say Jamaican Inn, as it's not the Jamaican Inn. Uh, this came out in 1939, and not only is it Alfred Hitchcock's last British film, it's his last film from the 30s. Our next movie will indeed be in a brand new decade. We're trucking along here. I don't, I'm don't. i not halfway through yet, but the movies are getting better. Well, this isn't better. The Lady Vanishes was way better than this. Anyway, the Jamaican in Jamaica in, I keep saying Jamaican, Jamaica in is a great looking movie. And not just because of the way it's shot and there's some cool model work, but this was actually, according to the version I watched, was restored in 4K and it looks great compared to everything else I've watched. This is the first one that's like, wow, this looks great. I mean, it's still black and white, but there's no graininess. The audio's clearer. And I, I mean, I've pulled sound clips from several of the movies and half the time you can't understand what's being said. Uh, this one was more able to hear what's going to be, you know, being said. Uh, this is a mixed bag, though. Um, I don't know if it's an island that this inn is on, but our protagonist, whose name is Mary Yellen, Y-E-L-L-A-N, is on a carriage ride, and she's wanting to go to Jamaica Inn, and everyone on this carriage, because it's like the Uber of carriages, there's several people on it, there's a driver, and he's not stopping at Jamaica Inn, it has a bad reputation, but she wants to go there. Now, I should mention, before all of this happens, the movie actually starts off really fast. It's a, a huge boat crash. There's awesome model work. You know, like there's water splashing over the model, then it cuts to the people on the boat, and the water's pouring in on over them. You know, and sure, today, you've seen Master and Commander, who cares? But back in this day... It was probably pretty hard to get that much water to do what they needed it to do. And it looks great. And they pulled it off. This boat that's coming to shore wrecks because a bunch of scallywags have blocked this light. It's not a lighthouse, but it's like a light that lets them know that there's land here so that they will go around it as opposed to through it. So they block the light. The boat crashes. They rob and kill everyone on board and they take the money uh, back to the Jamaica Inn. So this gang of hooligans makes their home at Jamaica Inn. And our protagonist is headed there for some reason. Apparently her aunt lives there and 
the problem is, is that the carriage just isn't going to stop in front of the Jamaica Inn. It's for good reason, right? There's hooligans and, and I said hooligans, but there's these dirty, like all of these guys are filthy. Like the, they've caked on mud on them throughout the whole movie. <laughs> like in several days, I feel like they pass, but maybe they don't because nobody ever really goes to sleep, I guess. But, um, but the, the, the criminals never actually look like they've taken a bath. Anyway, they, they, this carriage drops her off at this rich guy, Sir Humphrey Pingallon, who, who is played by Charles Lofton. And this dude steals the entire movie. He looks ridiculous. He sounds ridiculous. He just, he's pompous and arrogant and rich. He's a guy who got power. He's like the, the magistrate over this area. He's a guy who got power, who had no business getting it. And he walks around like a little boy, you know, that has a really big dad that can beat them all up. And he's great. He chews up so much scenery, not just because he's a plump guy, but because he's so charismatic and when you see him on on screen, he's striking looking. I don't know if there are prosthetics on this dude. If there were, I couldn't tell. Maybe his eyebrows because his eyebrows, eyebrows was out of control. But I, this guy's the only reason to watch the movie. And he's got a, 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 a like a head butler named Chester who he just abuses and then feels sorry for it multiple times. And Chester's a sweetheart. You know, and he cares for this, uh, this Mr. Pingallon guy, uh, even though he's mistreated. Well, our protagonist, Mary, comes in and says that she was trying to go to the Jamaica Inn. And of course, uh, Mr. Humphrey, Sir Humphrey, sees how gorgeous she is and decides to take her himself down to Jamaica Inn. He drops her off, goes home. She's there. And knocks on the door and his crusty guy answers and he's dirty and filthy and he looked really familiar. Uh, that's because the actor, Leslie Banks, actually played the lead in the original version of The Man Who Knew Too Much. Now, in the original version of The Man Who Knew Too Much, he didn't weigh as much as he does in this. He's not by any means fat, uh, but he has put on some weight since then. He's gotten a little older. So he's he's recognizable, but not immediately. So plus he's caked in dirt. Um, so even when I went back and confirmed that he's the same actor from the man who knew too much, it still didn't register completely because he, he still looks very different. Uh, she informs this guy, this crusty guy that she's here to see her aunt patience. And, uh, he lets her know that he is married to aunt patience and, uh, he also runs Jamaica Inn. Jamaica Inn is almost like a front more than anything for uh, the criminal activities that this old crusty guy, his name's Joss, uh, Joss Merlin, and his wife is Patience Merlin. Patience is Mary's aunt. This old guy is, they never rent a room out to anyone that I can tell. There are rooms. But no one ever comes to visit. So 
you find out that Joss runs this group of hooligans who steal, like basically cause ships to crash, then steal everything and kill everyone on board. And they're constantly making sure that there are no survivors. They don't want it to get back to anyone that this is where ships are disappearing. This is where the money is going. They're not trying to have any suspicions. Well, you find out that this group actually gets their information and their orders from none other than Sir Humphrey himself. He's actually upstairs and they discuss when the next ship's coming in. Uh, but here's the thing, though, is that this group of criminals report directly to Joss. But what he doesn't tell them is, is that a large portion of their earnings that they get from these robberies goes to Mr. Humphrey. And so one person discovers a shortage in the math. This guy who looks like Jimmy Fallon. And I'm not even kidding. So Jimmy Fallon discovers a shortage in the, in the, uh, in the math. Like, Hey, we had this amount of money and this much is missing. Well, that money's gone to Mr. Humphrey, but Joss hasn't let this group know that they have this benefactor who takes a cut and they all get mad and wondering where it is. So Joss blames it on Jimmy Fallon. So they string up Jimmy Fallon and hang him. This happens. Mary's upstairs in a room. She sees it. She's right above where it happens. And she's able to uh, actually cut this guy free, help him escape. She escapes with him. We get pursued. They hide in a hole. Yada, yada. Okay. I don't know. So like the last movie, The Lady Vanishes, we had a girl and a guy on an adventure, right? And part of the reason that movie worked for me is because there was charisma and chemistry. Jimmy Fallon and Mary have no charisma or chemistry. Neither of them are entertaining. The only person in this movie uh, with charisma is Mr. Humphrey. And it's the only reason to watch it. Uh, but the, now, Mary and Jimmy Fallon do not know that Mr. Humphrey is the crime boss. They still think of him as the basically the governor of this area, to use our terminology. And they escape and make their way to his house as she remembered being helped by him, right? And they explain, hey, these people are stealing these things. Of course, Mr. Humphrey knows it, but he covers for himself. And it turns out Jimmy Fallon is actually an undercover police officer. He has infiltrated this gang, basically just went deep cover. And so when he finally brings himself to... What's his name? Mr. Belvedere. What is his name? Uh, Mr. Sir Humphrey. He lets him know, hey, I'm actually a police officer. Shows him some paperwork, I guess, that proves it. Mary overhears this and she gets mad and leaves because she doesn't want her aunt to be arrested. Because her aunt is a kind lady. But she's in this really messed up marriage where he he doesn't beat her in the movie, but he winds up to do it. And then someone stops him. So basically... He's not above hitting his wife and he's abusive in the way he talks to her and the way he controls her. He's sexist and, uh, you know, and he's portrayed that way. He's portrayed as a bad person. Um, but he's not the worst of the worst kind of person. 
he t- it turns out later that he's not a hundred percent dirtbag. There's a long so Jimmy Fallon talks Mr. Humphrey into joining forces to go after the the criminals at the Jamaica Inn, and so there's actually some interesting fun parts where again Mr. Humphrey's such a great character played by Charles Lofton that steals this show because he's in this hotel pretending to be with this police officer while also playing the other side of what he's really on is is being the leader of this criminal gang unbeknownst to them they kind of go back and forth about there's another ship coming and and so when they go to Jamaica Inn, the only person there is Joss uh, actually, uh, hold on. Uh, so actually who's there is the whole, I'm confused. Hold on. Let me think for a second. Okay. So it's a little complicated. So it takes me a second, but basically Mr. Humphrey works it out where both himself and Jimmy Fallon will be captured and Mr. Humphrey will be tied up by Joss who will purposefully not tie the ropes that tight so he can get away as they're tied up the crew goes out to get this wreckage from the ship that they've been waiting on mr humphrey frees himself and then goes on a villainous monologue while mrs merlin holds a gun on them it's very annoying i told chadwick i'd be back for dinner uh, mrs merlin i wonder if that pistol's loaded probably are inexperienced in these things would you like me to have a look at it that's no good so that'll never work very well mrs merlin see if it's properly primed I'm afraid you're not fully conversant with the real facts of the situation. I know your husband better than you do. I think he would no more have loaded that pistol than he would have left me hopeless. It would have been quite absurd, as I thought. Now, Mrs. Mellon, I've always admired your devotion to your husband. The woman shall cleave to the man, even if the man is our friend Joss, admirable. Now, if this officer should escape, your husband will pay for it with his life. So I needn't stress the importance of the task I'm giving you. There. Watch him. Closely. If there's the slightest chance of him getting free, don't hesitate to shoot him. Just give firm pressure on the trigger, Mrs. Merlin. On the trigger. And all will be well. So he leaves to keep Mrs. Merlin at gunpoint, or excuse me, to have Mrs. Merlin hold Jimmy Fallon at gunpoint. Now, I should have also mentioned that at this point, the criminals have taken off with Mary, uh, Patience Merlin's niece, and they have her on the shore while they're about to do the uh, the wreck thing, a majig. Okay, she gets away from them. Now, Jimmy Fallon uses his late night talents to talk Mrs. Merlin out of holding him hostage. So he's able to talk her into freeing him so he can go and save her niece. Mary. So like I said, they take this light and they basically take it down so that the ships can't see it. Well, Mary doesn't want to see anyone get killed or hurt. So she goes up and finds the guy who's tasked with this and uh, hangs the light back up. It actually gets knocked over because the guy sees it. She dumps him off the cliff, kind of on accident, but at the same time, you know, 
uh, and the, the light sets on fire and this allows the ship to steer clear. The group finds out that it was her. Then they basically essentially act like they're going to rape her. And uh, Joss says, no, he's, they're not going to do that. He grabs her, takes off with her in a cart. He gets shot by his own crew as they're running away. He gets her back to Jamaica Inn, where Patience takes care of him, but he passes out. But before he does, Mary is there. So he actually passes out, and Patience and Mary are having a conversation. And Mary said, or Patience says to Mary that she knows who is actually running this gang, that it's Mr. And then a gunshot goes off and Patience dies. So now Patience is dead as well as Joss. And he takes Mary captive. He's going to marry her. And they drive to a boat or drive like they're in a car, but they get in the carriage and they get in a boat. And now, and about this time, people start saying that Mr. Humphrey is starting to go insane, that he's losing his mind. And I don't think that scans in this movie because the way he acts at the beginning and the way he acts at the end is pretty consistent. He's always been kind of wild, but he doesn't strike me as someone who wasn't in their right mind. He had motive for everything he did. But anyway, like Chester, his butler's like, oh, I knew this was coming a long time. But I'm like, what was coming? He doesn't actually act that out of control. And he takes Mary to a boat where they have a conversation at some point in this conversation that seems perfectly normal to me for this character. Anyway, he's an outrageous character. She's convinced that he can't control himself and that he's only doing what he's doing because of mental illness. And she tries to warn off this Calvary that's come to save her, not to shoot him because he can't help himself. And again, this comes out of nowhere. And I don't understand it wasn't built to or presented in any way in the movie until this very end where I guess they wanted like the, the ending is supposed to be tragic because this guy, Mr. Humphrey ends up climbing to the top of this ship mast or whatever, you know, the thing at the very top on top of the sail, he gets up there and then jumps to his death. And I guess that's supposed to be the tragic ending. And so it kind of fell flat for me uh, because it just wasn't established properly. Now, this movie was adapted by a, from, from a novel by Daphne, and I'm going to say this name wrong, De Maurier or De Maurier, something like that. That's D-U space M-A-U-R-I-E-R. And the reason I bring that up is because our next movie called Rebecca is also adapted from a novel by her. There you go. And Hitchcock tends to adapt things from novels. I mean, Psycho was from a novel. You know, I don't know how many original works he's actually made, if any. So uh, that's our next movie. It's going to be the first American-made movie, I think. Or maybe it's just his last British one. Well, I mean, this was his last British one, but maybe it's made in another country that is in America. But where else would you go to make movies? 
Well, if you wanted to reach out to me, you could do that at Hitchcock Chronologically at BudgetArcade.com. That's wrong. Hitchcock Chronologically at gmail.com. You can go to the Budget Arcade Discord. Check out that link in the description. Um, so I think this is another end of an era, the end of the British film, uh, at the beginning of all of these movies, maybe not all, but most of them, there's a little card that comes up saying that it's been certified by the board of British censors for, you know, adults to watch. So join me next week. We start a new era of Hitchcock chronologically. <laughs>